It is time for another Amateurs Fantasy Sports Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs. It's Mark back with Ryan again. Mate, good to see you. What have you been up to since we spoke last? <laughs> oh, mate, just uh, thinking about uh, your Cowboys, mate. I'm just so excited to talk about them. And, um, you know, oh. obviously we're a Warriors fan podcast too. So this is this yep. is like the, the perfect mix of today's show. Yeah, mate. Yeah, no, this is our two favourite teams on the podcast here, the North Queensland Cowboys and the New Zealand Warriors. We're going to start off with the Warriors, though. Mate, uh, a bit of movement around here with the Warriors and talking our website. We've been evidently shown to be wrong for uh, week one, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll get there by our by our mate who right, I believe you've been diligently doing an article on, but I won't spoil that. We'll get there. So, mate, uh, fullback Reese Walsh suspended week one for um, naughty boy off the field things, uh, but he'll be back in in week two. I think that's right, isn't it? Yeah, from memory, I'm pretty sure it's just the one week suspension. Yeah, cool. All right, and he's uh, he's not on our radar anyway early in the year. Uh, now, on the wings, we're expecting to see Marcelo Montoya and Dallin Watini-Zelizniak. Now, the centres is an interesting one because my understanding is there's three guys battling out and the two that are on the Warriors' best 17 on nrl.com are the two that we it was two that we don't have and we got you and Aitken listed here but we've he's kind of dubbed us in that he's going to be playing in the back row so i mean so there's jesse arthurs there's rocco berry and there's adam pompey but then somebody the other day on the page was you know brought up a completely different guy again which was um valaya viliami valaya okay yeah, so he played two games by the looks of it last year. Oh, yeah. Uh, 1.4% 1. 1. ownership. So, I mean, obviously somebody knows something. Uh, so he played against the Storm and scored. Oh, what? Oh, I've, got, uh, I've got round 20 against the Tigers. He scored 12 in 80 minutes. And then uh, round 21 against Cronulla, he scored 23 in 52 minutes and then got injured. Mm. So this isn't. Oh, so they've got his average at seven. Yeah, okay, that would make sense. So I mean, Stor- twenty against the Storms actually pretty good. Oh no, hang on, no, they played, played the Tigers. The, yeah, Tigers oh, and the NRL website's wrong. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, okay. So that's not very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jesse Arthur's is an interesting one, and you're a, you're an Arthur's fan from way back. I remember mm. you having him when he used to make his forty-seven tackles a game at centre. <laughs> Uh, mate, I've never seen a centre just love to make a tackle as much as Jesse Arthur's. Like, listen to this. So, before the year where he joined the Broncos at the Titans, 17, 18, 25, 28, 18, 17 tackles in 2019. And 2020, oh, there's one game there, two games for the Broncos there. So, he, um, yeah, mate, he just loves a tackle, eh, prior to yeah, 2021. It's... I don't know what happened. You'd think the Broncos would have been making more tackles last year. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess maybe just the new rules um, change things up a little bit. But yeah, in okay. 2019 or 2020, because like, yeah, I think I owned him in uh, 2019 and he turned out to be like a very solid cash cow. He did nothing in attack. I think he had 
one try assist in the whole season, no tries, which is you know not unexpected yep. for a Titans center. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, just averaging twenty tackles a game, um, just great base, yeah, nice little base um, there as well. You know, eight seventy, eighty meters, and and twenty five tackles a game. We'll we'll get it done for a guy that's two hundred ninety k. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if he gets that spot, he's he's going to be a very interesting option. Um, it's just yeah, just I guess as well with like the. Uh, set restart rule being dialed back a little bit, maybe you can get back mm. to those high tackle Helpful. numbers. It'd be good to see. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, I'm going to give him the Mark Jessup seal of approval if he makes it in the round one team. Hey. I mean, we need Stand. players under Done. 300K. We need him. We do. Absolutely. All right. Um, yeah, so obviously that. And then, you know, Rocco Berry, Adam Pompey. Now, where's Berry priced at? Is he well, 358? That's a bit expensive for a Warrior Centre to start with anyway. 28. Yeah, no, thank you. All right. Moving into the halves. Sean Johnson, which we'll come back to because we just did a nice in-depth article on him, uh, destroying the hopes and dreams of all the Warriors fans hoping to see the old Sean Johnson. But, mate, the other half, you know, they've, I mean, let's have a look here. What the, what did they got? They got Cody Nicarima as well. I mean, but, you know, there's Chanel Harris-Tavita. Uh, what, who do you think his halves partner is going to be? Ash Taylor. No. <laughs> uh, that would actually be probably their best option if Ash Taylor wasn't Ash Taylor. Um, look, I, I lean to they really like I, like I, I would pick Cody Nicarina, but, but they really like Chanel Harris Tavita, don't they? They've got a little bit of a yeah, man crush on him. Really like know it, why. it wouldn't surprise me to see Cody Nicarina on the bench, like subbing Wade Egan or something. But um, look, uh, yeah, it, it's a tough one. I, I, it's probably a coin flip mm. between Nicarina and Harris Tavita. Yeah, and ultimately not really fantasy relevant. I just wanted to ask nah, that question. Yeah. So no, um, but uh, I mean, Sean Johnson. 544k 44 break even prior prior to this year he would have been just an absolute moral at that price you'd take it walk up every day twice on sundays but i mean the 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 reduction of kick meters and just the the absolute nosedive on his attacking stats just makes him a big trap where's he i bet he's got a lot of 12 percent. yeah see that's kind of yeah that's that's a nice little trap there for people at 12 percent yeah, what do yeah. you is there any way you could see him getting back to the old days or you you're just putting a bookmark in him? No, um not with the reduction in kick meters and you know the nerfing of tackle bust. Not that he's a huge you know, you know a huge tackle buster anymore, but yeah, just because like I, I think um you know before anyone really looked at him like he was one of those ones you just had penciled in like he was gonna be a buy, but then you know, when you with the scoring update and then you take a look at him and you're like, oh, um, and obviously you've got to factor in as well. Like he's only playing about 17 to 18 games on average a year. So you, you're, you're expecting him to miss at least a month, if not more, um, over yeah. the past few years. And yeah, just the, the, the lack of tackle busting. Um, he's not going to be the sole kicker like he was with Matt Moylan last year. Um, you know, with either Nick Arima or Harris DeVita, they are going to eat into that as well as Reese Walsh as well. You know, he, he does a lot of in-play kicking. So yeah, I, I just don't think you can start with Johnson, unfortunately. And also, no guarantee he's going to be the goal kicker either. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, thank you. No, thank you. Now, um, the back row obviously sounds like you and Aitken, and I want to read this article from you and Aitken, not the thing in its entirety, but I'll tell you what I read. He said uh, in in relation to what Nathan Brown's spoken to him as his uh, role. He's mentioned to me that he'll look to use me at both second row and centre, but it looks like I'll start the year playing back row dot, 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 because I can play 80 minutes. And he speaks about the 
the team defensively, but in fairness, Nathan Brown wouldn't know what good defense looks like anyway. I think he's going to play eight minutes, 80 minutes until Torhu Harris comes back, and then Torhu mm. Harris is going to play 80 minutes and he's going to go back to center. Thoughts? Yeah, no, look, I, I tend to agree. Um, I've, you know, I've, I've done a, a good write-up on um, on Aiken that's uh, probably be out, I guess, probably before this gets posted. So, um, But I, I talk about the same thing in terms of I, I think he's likely to play, um, you know, that edge role until uh, Tohu's return. Like I think Tohu's aiming for around, about a mid-May return is what I saw. So that would put it like around mm. round 10. Um, the Warriors. Well, I'm do sure our special fairly... guest will have something to say about it. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but the Warriors do have a fairly <laughs> soft draw to begin the year. Like they've got the Dragons, Titans, Tigers, Broncos, Cowboys, and then it gets a little bit tougher into round six. But the first five rounds of the year, like you could see them hitting, you know, the top end of, um, you know, our projections into the mid fifties, you know, high fifties if he's, you know, getting those attacking stats. Um, you know, yeah. he's obviously a selfish player. He doesn't like to pass, so um, he's going to go for the try line <laughs> <Really>? himself. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, you'll have my complete thoughts coming this week. Okay, great. So yeah, I guess we're in a three-way, we're in a three-man battle for two center spots, really, aren't we? Mm, yeah, like it's really between you know what him, Burton, and, and Jack Bird as the three sort of elite yeah. centers. Um, and I, I tend to lean towards Aiken as my favorite of the three currently, even though there's every chance he's not a keeper come the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Okay. Well, you are really good at saving trades, though. For us average people, you know, with no dis- <laughs> discipline, then you are, you know, you might, if you want to keep a trade up your sleeve, you might be wanting to look in a different direction than Aiken. But if you if you feel like you have the mental discipline enough to, to save one for that intentional upgrade later to get those early points with that soft schedule that you do talk about, because the Warriors do have a really good early schedule. Uh, now, the other back row spot I think is going to be Josh Curran. Uh, I did have Eliezer Katoa on this edge with Curran, but I think he's going to be the one that makes way, which is annoying because he actually thought looks like a good value if he's going to be on the edge. But um, yes. uh, Josh Curran's one who played a few games on the edge and actually averaged 59.3 when he played at least 60 minutes on the edge last year. Yeah, he was a very uh, solid you know, he was bought as a keeper, then he got to, uh, sorry, as a cash cow, and then got uh, suspended um, and just came out, came back and just absolutely blitzed it, turned into like an end of season keeper there with some really big scores. Um, oh. But yeah, what, what's his uh, what's his break even going into this year? It's 50, 54, I think. 54, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, there's probably a little bit of value there, but I don't think he's one I'm going to be starting with, Not not at that price. No, no. I mean, he's got one game here where he played reduced minutes against the Raiders where he really hurt you in round 24. And that sin bin in round seven against the Storm doesn't help. But he does have a lot of um, base. You know, 40 tackles and 100 metres is his base. There's not a lot of reliance on tackle busts, only two tackle busts per game. There is a couple of tries in that sample there. There's three in, what, nine games. So, I mean, you know, that's thing. But... I mean, depending on who you ask, they'd tell you that's good value or it's an overpay. I think given the shortage of mids at the moment and the fact that he's dual, you could make a case for him for sure. Uh, but, you know, it's not one that I've been sort of looking at particularly closely. Uh, mm. Now, I think the middles forwards uh, is going to be Adam Fanil Blake and Matt Lodge, obviously. Uh, I think Bailey Sirenin looks like he might be the one who's going to play that lock role. 
but I mean, it could be Jazz Tavanga. It could be Josh Curran with Elias Katoa and UNA killing edges. I don't really know, uh, but I don't think whoever it is is going to represent great value in that lock spot. Uh, but they're two props. I mean, obviously, Toru Harris is out. Adam Fanua Blake, 651K, 52 break even. He's one that people have been sort of not asking us about. I've seen a few people just that had him in their team and I asked them about it. And basically the the, the thing was, oh, I think he's in for a big year type thing. And he is a big offloader. He can play big minutes. No Toru Harris. I can certainly see how you arrive at that decision. Uh, but, I mean, average here. Um, in 2021 in games where he played at least 40 minutes of 53 points in 58 minutes uh, and the tackle bus and offloads kind of even each other out, so 53 average. But that's kind of where he's already priced. Is there any upside there? 58 minutes that that, that was in. I mean, can he play more than that? Um, look, because he also had games in there where he was only playing, like, say, high 40s. I, I think it's a pretty decent chance he's going to be playing – you know, around that 55-minute mark, um, mm. if, you know, at least until Tohu gets back. But I think there are a lot of games there as well, like where he was playing damn near 80 minutes um, that was inflated by injury. Like, because I think uh, round 16 was when Tohu got injured. He played 76 minutes. And then, because remember, like, everyone thought Tohu was going to be out for a while and then he came back mm. miraculously, but then and did his ACL. Yeah, yeah, I think that was round eighteen because then he played a seventy-six minutes again. So, um, yes. I think you know it's probably evened out a little bit there. But I, yeah, I, I just don't see a whole lot of value there. I'd rather start with no. um, you know guys that are hundred you know, k cheaper, um, like your Stefanos yeah. and Welchers and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean even for thirty k less, Tomalolo I think's got a little bit more ceiling. Which, but obviously we'll get to him. Um, maybe that could be a nice segue to go into the. Cowboys, but no, I don't know. I mean, for the Warriors on the bench here, we've got a bunch of guys who aren't relevant for fantasy. Uh, I mean, even Jazz Tabunga, if he was to pick up that lock job, I don't trust him to hang on to it. Uh, really? It'd, uh, it'd be fun, though. It'd be so fun with the um, oh, increased offloading. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, oh, he might play 12 minutes one week and do something boneheaded mm. and get taken off. I, I just don't know. I just don't trust him. So for the Warriors... I guess it's Aiken or Bust. Is that what we got? To yeah, play? I think Aiken's um, and maybe Arthur's. Yeah, if Arthur's gets that set of role, then it'll be him. Um, maybe Katoa as well if he does end up on an edge. Um, yeah. But it's, I'm it seems like Aiken is about that. Yeah, <laughs> seems like Aiken is the screaming buy at the moment, but also not a, a must-have. I don't think not with uh, the no. impending return of Tohu. If he was going to be there the whole season, I think. Um, I think you'd have to yep. really consider starting with him, but he's, he's one you could probably get away with with other options out there as well. No, I agree. Moving on to the best team in the NRL, the North Queensland Cowboys, uh, where uh, we've got a fullback here, really interesting actually, uh, Hamiso Tavuai Fado. Now, obviously, they bought Valentine Holmes to play that fullback role, but um, and I, oh mate, they've got Scott Drinkwater at fullback. Go away. Um, no, it's gonna it's gonna be Hamiso. I'm a hundred percent sure. Okay. I'll yeah. I will retire from podcasting if it's not Hamiso in round one. I won't really. But you... That's how that's how confident I am. And what are your thoughts on him? Is he a buy? He is in my team at the moment. Uh, okay. Only because he's. I, I'm I'm looking at him from a couple of different angles. So. Obviously, the negatives is the, you know, he's going to lose 4.7 tackle bust a game. But, you know, if you look at the teams that he played against last year, 
towards the end of the year when the Cowboys were just absolutely terrible, right? When the games where he played fullback here, let's pull it up. So the three games he played, the Roosters, the Eels, and the Dragons. So obviously the Roosters and the Eels are quite good. And then also Manly in round 20 in, in round 25 where he played eight minutes but managed to score a try and score 35 points and 135 metres. Is that right? Yeah, I think that was, was that game where he, he – No, I'm pretty sure he had that, like, huge break. Um, he had, like, that like 80-metre run where he scored that try, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and then just went, no, I'm not playing anymore and walked off. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I've done my job. Yeah, I mean, I've done my contribution for this team. I'm out. Yeah, so, I mean, 69 against the Roosters with a try uh, and 270 metres. Uh, um, I mean, 36 trialists against the Eels and not a particularly good game. I mean, you know, but there's three missed tackles in there and two errors. So he's obviously working his butt off. He's going to get those kick defusal, you know, escape from the in goals because he is shifty. I think he's got a whole opportunity to train at fullback in the preseason. I think Peyton was doing something really good with him before he did that um, high ankle sprain last year. And I'm actually really... I think that the best possible scenario for the Cowboys is him at fullback, and that's the way that they're training. They were talking about it all towards the end of last year. Hamiso's going to be at fullback, blah, blah, blah. Valentine Holmes is going to play left centre uh, and, and you know, try to get a bit closer to the ball. You know, he's a bigger body in defence, which is better. Um, yeah, I think it's just good for him. Because Hamiso in space, there is, a, there is no doubt in my mind that Hamiso, if he actually decided to open himself up running-wise, would be the fastest player in the NRL. I just mm. don't think he has the ability to run any faster than what he needs to run in that situation. Yeah, no, look. I don't know I, if you've I ever watched to... him run. <laughs> like, well, he I, looks I, like he's I, walking. Hamaso's <laughs> definitely the uh, quickest player in the NRL, but uh, Josh Adekar is the fastest man on the planet, so, you know. Oh, mate, of course, yeah. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, he, um, you know, just it, like you just watch him run. He just looks like he's gliding, but he's never running more than like 0.1 kilometers faster than the person that's chasing him. Mm. And and it's just, it's always, I always laugh because he just looks like he's just like, but he's just so quick, man. And like, if he gets around somebody, it's over. And like that, that one run 80 meters, you know, they've got no chance. So I think, you know, he's he's got the opportunity to grow into that position. There's no try assist at all in that in that those stats and only one line break assist, you know, there's an opportunity there for him to grow as a, as a playmaker, the more time he spends. And the Cowboys actually have a pretty good early schedule from memory. Uh, I did the, uh, I did the early schedule analysis, so I should know the answer to that question. We've, but got, I'm just the, have we've a... got the the dogs, the Raiders, Broncos, Roosters, Warriors, Raiders, Titans um, over the first that's, seven that's, rounds. That's, that's pretty good to me. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah. really only what one team we've projected to be a top yeah. four contender in the Roosters. Yeah, so they only play one elite team, six middle-of-the-road teams, and one cellar-dweller in the first eight weeks. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that's a pretty good schedule for them. They're obviously going to be um, trying to, to make a move. Obviously, super coach Todd Payton, a.k.a. Todd Seabold. I don't know, don't know which way he's going yet. But, I mean, we've got the Cowboys – uh, plugged in for second last this year, and I don't have a lot of hope for them. But I mean, Hamiso, I'm I can have some hope in Hamiso, and I'm a Cowboys homer, so I'm going to allow, allow myself. What do you think? More importantly, because you, I, I mean, I've got my goggles on a little bit. Maybe do you? What do you think? I don't know. He's he's one of those ones I'm on the fence about because I, I just I'm just a little bit skeptical about whether he's going to be able to average high forties. Um, you know, because like he's 
priced at 38. So ideally, if he's not a keeper, um, I guess he's got that. Yeah, that's true. He's got that center dual position. So I guess you only need like a a mid 40s average. Um, Correct. Yeah. Or he's your 19th man on the bench dual that you never have to sell and he just sits in your team. Mm. He, like he's just got some, you know, a few boneheaded plays in his game. Like maybe I'm just thinking I'm, I'm uh, discrediting too much based on 2020. Like obviously he's, you know, he's young and he's grown as a player since then. We saw that in the limited mm. um, appearances that he did have at fullback last year. But like I just look at his, you know, his center games as well. Like, you know, obviously a completely different position. He doesn't have the run meters there. But yeah, I don't know. It just, it just gives me a little bit of concern about, um, you know, what's the try scoring rate going to be like for a fullback in the, you know, the team we're projecting to come second last. Like, yes, they do have a, um, a fairly soft schedule. And, like, you know, last year, scoring points wasn't necessarily their weak point. Like, they managed to score no. three tries just about every single week. Um, it, it was just the conceding 50. <laughs> you know, that, that was the problem. Yeah. Uh, but having to throw the ball around and try and score points isn't necessarily a bad thing for his fantasy outlook either. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think he's just one of those ones about like um, it's going to come down to price. Like if I can, you know, with uh, if I can afford to fit him in, especially when you've got you know like you know Jack Bird, you and Aiken and Matt Burton out there, you're trying to fit at least one of those guys in, and Stephen Crichton as well. Like there's just a lot of centers, decent center options this year. I'm just, it's just one of those ones. I'm, it's just going to come down to whether I can you know, use that money elsewhere or, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's a tough one. He's been one. He's been fairly consistently in my team. I have taken him kind of in and out, but I can't find any better way to spend that 100K down to Stephen Crichton at the moment. I actually don't have Stephen Crichton in my team, but that's just a price-based thing right now. I'm sure he learned up Mm. in there at the end. But, yeah, no, it's. uh, I'm sure we'll we'll get to him when we speak about him in six weeks from now when we finally manage to record the the Penrith one. (laughs) Nah, so... um. (laughs) Yeah, it was a long time between drinks for these podcasts, mate. Uh, All right, on the wings, we are going to have Kyle Felt, uh, just for something different on the right wing, uh, paired with Peter Hicku, who comes into this year with a 30 break-even, 2021 centre average, 35.7. So, I mean, he does have some value, but probably not enough that you want to be giving yourself the headache. Um, and then obviously Talungi, a couple of points value on the left wing with Valentine Holmes inside him. But all in all, this Cowboys one through five is is miso or or nothing basically. Um, mm-hmm. Now uh, Scott Drinkwater or Tom Dearden, gun to your head, Ryan. Who is the the half next to Chad Townsend week one? Um, if I had to guess, I would say Tom Dearden. Um, it seems really? like. Peyton, you know, I don't know. It just seems like Peyton's got a little bit of a thing for him. Like, you know, he bought him. Like, Scott Drinkwater's not his guy. Um, Tom Dearden is. They resigned uh, you know. Drinkwater, though. They didn't have to do that. Mm, that's a good point. Um, I mean, to, to me, it's a coin flip, but mm. I, I think and largely a fantasy player. irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think Drinkwater's a better player, but I'm not going to own either. So, no. The reason why I think it's Drinkwater is because I think that. Dearden is they they bought Chad Townsend not because they thought that he was going to be the missing piece for them winning the premiership. They bought Chad Townsend to teach Tom Dearden how to be a halfback. Right. Okay. That's my you know because Tom Dearden was you know the next Alfie Langer quote unquote and then he was sitting there behind B1 and B2 Brady Croft and Anthony Milford learning how to torture career. And, you know, he came into the Cowboys and, you know, came into a really tough situation and looked 
looked really good and, you know, he obviously plays his guts out. But, you know, they, the reason every time you hear Todd Payton talk about Chad Townsend, the one word is professionalism every time. He's a professional. He knows how to be a half. He knows how to steer a team around. He knows how to prepare for a game. Chad Townsend played in that Sharks team, you know, and you'll, you'll love that next to James Maloney. Now he's in his 30s. He's, you know, he, he's never going to – I think he's accepted he's never winning a premiership ever again. He's taking $800,000 this year to teach Tom Dearden how to be a halfback. Mm, just padding that, re- that, padding that retirement fund. Padding the retirement fund, and I love him for it. And, I mean, I looked – I had about six seconds where I looked at Chad for fantasy, and then I remembered the kick me to nerf, and I uh, stopped. But, um, I mean, somebody asked us to do a deep dive on him on the, on the, the group, and – I mean, I, I I went to the trouble of going, you know, I, I wrote it off and I went, no way. And then I, I went back and I went, no, that was probably not fair. And I went to go and have another look at it because he was going absolute gangbusters last year. And I went, maybe I've got my player goggles on. Uh, but, yeah, when you look at the, the nerf on the kick meters, you just can't get there for Chad. But that's my theory around why he's he's there. So, um, yeah, but, uh, mate, I want to get into the exciting part of this Cowboys team because, that mate, there is four – Fantasy relevant options in the forward pack, if you believe that. Wow, that's so, wild. Yeah, it's unreal. So Jeremiah Nanai and Helium Lukey more than likely going to be the two back rowers. Lukey is a very explosive looking player, but I think he's going to end up in that 60, 65 minute role, not the 80 minute role. And he's already kind of 439K, pretty expensive. I think if he was an 80 minute player, he could be an absolute jet. Uh, but I just don't think he's got the juice to do that consistently what do you think yeah i mean you're the cowboys uh, man so i would defer to you but i i do mm. tend to agree based on um you know the, the limited sample we saw of him last year like because he was just you know being that sort of impact guy off the bench um it reminded me a little bit of um of like a young pang coming off the bench um or being kick that out. sort of like yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, being like that sort of impact um, impact player, uh, you know, he certainly had some good impact, like finding the troll line a few times. But mm. um, I, I do tend to agree with you. He does sort of seem like a sixty minute player in this new game where like it's super fast. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I do tend to agree. If he was four hundred or three hundred seventy, three hundred eighty k, I'd have a look at him. I reckon, but mm. at four forty, it's kind of a bit much. But their partner, he likely partner Jeremiah Nanai. They've got a couple of other guys floating around. Um, don't confuse yourself into thinking Tom Gilbert's going to be a back row. He's not. He's a middle forward. Um, they've got Mitchell Dunn there, but I, I think he's kind of on his way out. He's more of a utility bench sort of, you know, leg speed type dude. Um, but, yeah, Nanai obviously looked really good. They're trying really hard to retain both Lukey and Nanai despite having Luciano next year. But I think Nanai is going to be the 80-minute guy. Uh, he's just a bit more, he's a bit more Wade Graham, you know, he's a bit more, you know, but like more athletic, mm. you know, he's got a bit of, he's got a bit of, you know, jazz about him. You know, he's got a bit of, you know, he can, he can create something. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I remember there was a couple of, I wasn't watching a lot of Cowboys towards the end of last year because it was just making me depressed, but I, um, <laughs> I spent, so every time I looked at the screen, it seemed like Nanai was doing something awesome and I was going, oh, this guy's going to be good. And then I had a look at his fantasy stats and it was pretty average. Um, but I think most of that we can kind of put down towards, you know, he just turned 18, no experience in first grade, limited, you know, uh, season with reserve grade and, and you know, the Cowboys doing it ch- tough towards the end of last year. But, I mean, for me, even, an, even a bad 
80 minute edge back roller is a high 30s average, you know? Mm. Yeah, like I don't know a whole lot about this guy, but I don't really feel like I need to with a break even at twenty eight if he's playing eighty minutes on an edge. Um, that's that's just yeah. always been my sort of thinking there. Like if he's playing eighty on an edge um, at that price, it's it sort of just picks itself, doesn't it? Yeah, I've got a really nice edge combination of Nanai and Bloor at the moment, and it's making me able to do so many other things with my team. It's great. That's beautiful. Yeah. So the other guy that I need to speak about here before we get on to the big boy is Ruben Cotter. So obviously a lot of t- people talking about Ruben Cotter. Now, for some reason, the person that did this Cowboys best 17 doesn't actually un- know that Ruben Cotter exists. So he's not even in the 17, mate. I can, I'm not as confident about this as I am about Hamiso, but I'm I'm very, very confident. I'm 95% confident on this one. Ruben Cotter is going to be the lock. Uh, I think he fills that Victor Radley, Connor Watson, Cameron Murray, short leg speed, athletic, big minute, you know, uh, playmaking type lock role, except he doesn't actually have any attacking stats in his uh, lock, you know, big minute middle forward starts. It's all tackles and run meters, which is what you want to see because you have to think, you know, at, when he when he was first kind of establishing himself in that role, they would have been saying to him, just go out, make your tackles, make your runs, don't do anything bad. I mean, he, he made one error in the three games last year where he played lock. Um despite playing 120 minutes. So I, I think moving forwards, we can expect him to be uh, 30 to 35 tackles and 100 metres guy as a base. We've, you have to imagine there's going to be some sort of attacking upside coming. What do you, what do you think about Ruben Cotter? At 500K is a really awkward price point, but just the, the, the sheer lack of good hooker options this year makes him... Uh, into contention. Yeah, well, not only the lack of hooker options, but the lack of mid options too. You know, he's he's one yeah. of those he, like of the you know Stefano's Welch type. He's the cheapest at five hundred k. Like, um, if you didn't yeah. want to start with Welch, you can save you know eighty eight k by going with Cotter. Um, his PPM is quite good from the limited sample we've seen in the middle. Um, and you know, he, he's not foreign to playing in the middle. Like, he is a hooker. Um, that is his. You know, that was his main position prior to moving to lock. So. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to you know to see him being a solid buy. Like he probably needs about what fifty five, fifty minutes. Yes, yeah. like fifty minutes just to tickle the uh, where you want him. Fifty five to be a very good buy. Um, I think mm. uh, with that with that like high nine point three ish ppm. But um, mm. yeah, if he does get that role, he, he does seem like a, a very handy middle option. Now there is a re- a very real possibility that his role is forty five minutes and not fifty to fifty five mm. minutes, and he's a little bit under where you want him. Uh, but I mean, at that point, you just cop it and go, yeah, okay. You know, he's going to average forty five ish, and you know, you upgrade him at some point when he stops churning out scores. But I mean, yeah, I, I think he's a good buy. If if Tom Starling. L- like, you know, if we get an indication that Tom Starling's going to be good, I probably won't start with him. If you're choosing between Welch and and Cotter, I, I'm i pretty comfortable that there's at least five points, if not more value there. I You know, I definitely would go the Welch route uh, personally for me. Uh, but, you know, each I'm not going to say I'm, I'm 100% sure that that's the right way because obviously we've seen Welch in the past. But, I mean, we've got a sample size from him. We don't really have a big sample size from Cotter. But, you know, the eye test is good. The way that Todd Payton talks about Cotter is is really good. You know, he's, you know, he thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. So, 
I think um, I think he's going to get a, a big opportunity to cement that role, particularly in this new sort of style of play. But um, mate, the the old lock come now more than likely going to be prop Jason Tomalolo. Uh, for him, I don't actually think that matters. Um, coming off just the worst season since like 2015, when for fantasy wise, when they had um, you know all those Matt Scott and and uh, what was his old mates, the Ben Hannett, not Ben Hannett, was it Ben Hannett? Scott Bolton uh, yes. and, um, and James Tamu, you know, they were absolutely chock-a-block with middles and he wasn't being asked to play massive minutes. But this is his worst fantasy season since then last year when they won the premiership. Maybe that Todd's on to something after all. Uh, but, um, mate, uh, I just did a deep dive on him the other day. Uh, he's had a low year in terms of PPM a couple of years ago in 2018 and then bounced straight back up to that round, that point one again, uh, that one PPM again. Um What's your confidence level on Jason Tomalolo going back to where he was? Do you think it was the new rules? Is the change back going to help him? You know, would you buy him? What are your thoughts? Because, I mean, obviously everybody knows what I think because I already did the article, but what do you think? (laughs) Um, Yeah, he's one of those ones that's – I'm I'm a little bit on the fence about. I I don't think he's one I'm going to start with. but, you know, I, I kind of want to see him, you know, back to that old Tamalolo because he, he really he really wasn't himself um, last year. He just, yeah, just, just didn't have the attacking stats. Obviously, um, Peyton was copping a bit of criticism for his, for his usage, but uh, I think we've spoken about how we think it's probably the smart play for a, a team that's not a finals contender um, and you've got this guy for, you know, the next bloody eight years or whatever. Um yeah, I, I don't know. He's he's one I'm I'm pretty happy to skip round one and just you know see how he goes and let him let let him prove me wrong basically, especially with the um, the tackle bus nerfing as well. It's um, yeah, so just a little bit concerning, but it could be uh, could be a very good discount buy if he if he, you know he does look good round one and you you know you've got mm. a guy that fails like say you know you. You, you pick a Welch and he gets injured or something, or, you know, you, you pick someone else that, you know, cops an injury round one or just doesn't look good. You can, you know, pivot to that, um, to that. But, yeah, I think he's one I'm happy to to let through to the keeper round one, I think. Yeah. When do you think the last time Jason Tomalolo was 6.7% ownership in the preseason? <laughs> Probably, uh, like, 2016 or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um even then though, you know, he used to be thirty percent just on the name value, you know. Yeah. Safe as houses Tom Alolo. And he's been a bit you know, people have lost their nerve, I think, a little bit with him. And I, I'm I'm at the moment I've got him in, in, in my mids here. Uh, I've got a nice little Welch, Udo Ekamano, Tomalolo mid. So I'm feeling very uh comfortable. But my mids is about my favorite position at the moment. But nice. Yeah, he's he's kind of one where I'm like he might be the that might be the first if I was looking to take money from somewhere to put it somewhere else, that would be kind of the first position that I'd be looking to to shift though as well. So certainly mm. nowhere near as confident in his fantasy outlook, but I do think he's due for a bounce back. I think worst case you get a 53, 54 player, which is still a little bit of value, but I mean, there's upside there to 57, 58. Uh, I don't think he's going to go back to the low 60s. Uh, I think your kind of your best case scenario is five plus points and a non-origin playing keeper middle, but that's me. That's what I think. Anyway, that's the Cowboys. I'm done. Um, and <laughs> the, the happiest that I'm going to be able to talk about them all year because once the season starts, it's going to be all downhill. I think so. 
Yeah. It's uh, you, you've still got the you know, you, your premiership chances are as good as anyone else's uh, before a game's played. Oh, mate, we got a uh, we got the night skylight going. Let me tell you that for nothing. So <laughs> the premiership skylight is alive and well. All right, guys, thank you very much for joining us. I hope you heard, enjoyed us. Uh, you know, enjoyed me rambling about the Cowboys. I assume you didn't. You're probably sick of it by now. But too bad it's my podcast. I'll do what I like. But uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. We'll speak to you next time. Love you guys.